0: Well, I think we've been to heaven this morning. Music, perfect. Now, I didn't sing a word. I didn't stand, because I've got to stand and talk to you. So it's okay. But the music was absolutely perfect. I know what I'm talking about. And I thank God, because i got a good start, heaven's already down here. Isn't that great? And I'm going to talk uh, a little about uh, seeing the glory. Seeing his glory. I wonder how many of us, I know the one who was speaking up here, he's had a touch of heaven. And he's had an experience. I've looked into heaven more than once. And so... This is not going to be a sermon. I want to give you a bit of teaching. I hope this is not going to sway right in it. Anyhow, I believe God wants me to give you a little word. I'm not long-winded either. I get right down to my points. And I'm going to take from Second Corinthians, the third chapter, and verse 18. But we are with unveiled, notice that word, face, beholding us in looking at a mirror. Now, children, you like to look into the in bathroom to see how you look, and that's a mirror. Okay. Now I'm English. I can't talk Canadian yet. I never will. They're really English, but I'm like born and bred in England and I just can't get rid of my English talk. So I will speak slow and distinct, because that's Ruby. So anyhow, I want to go on reading this. I'm bringing the children in. I would love to see some of these children in a year's time. I'll be here in a year's time. Because I'm coming to Mississippi, and I'm going to give uh, you all an invitation. Can you hear me speak uh, in Crossgate Church? Not speak. It's going to be a, a time when I give thanks to God. for I will be 100 then. So you better fill up your bus. <laughs> <laughs> now, I've, I have told many people about this yet. Uh, But it would be not on my birthday. It's got to be on a Saturday when my family uh, in Mississippi and my son married a lady in Mississippi. So there are a lot lot of people, big family. Uh, So they would be working on a Monday. So it's going to be on a Saturday, the 17th instead of the 19th. Who knows, I might trip back with you to be Sunday on my birthday or Monday I don't know God moves in a mysterious way now I'm going on with my talk I was just trying to bring it's so simple these children will understand I'm glad you got your Bibles that's a good sign Anyhow, a mirror you look at your face and I'm going to tell you about looking to see the glory God as can at a mirror, because it's really here today for all of us to behold the glory of the Master. So I'll finish my text, but I'll read it again for the older ones in case you forgot. Always <laughs> <laughs> oh, not just there. But pray that God will give all your members here never have dementia because the word of God says in Timothy 2nd chapter verse 1 and verse 17 God has not given us the spirit of fear but of power of love and a sound mind teach it pastor (laughs) (coughs) there's so many dying in nursing homes I go to visit them and We never took hold of the word of God. Now this church is going to enlarge and you're going to see the beauty of Jesus moving in the midst of you. I never know what's going to happen when I'm talking or teaching. But I just want to finish my text. The glory of the Lord uh, being transformed like Your face, children, looking in that mirror, you see the glory of God like you see Jesus, and you're going to have that shine upon your face. You know, you look to see if you've got enough powder on or licks, they've got what you call it, hair done. And there, I'll make it so simple for you we're looking at Jesus through a mirror. And we want to be like Jesus. So go on listening to me, and I'll give you tidbits going along. I'll tell you about heaven later on. So, and I've got to go back to... Being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. So it goes on daily. We can have the glory of God resting upon us every meeting in this church there should be the glory of God and it's going to be so strong in these last days because the coming of the Lord is drawn much nearer than what we think so it's from glory to glory just as by the spirit of the Lord it's not by man but something from heaven and that's what we want to talk about so I was praying what I was going to do, whether I was going to preach or whether I was going to teach. Now, I do both. You might have a bit of preaching um, tucked in here, but I just allow the Spirit to teach the congregation. It's something more just listening uh, to a sermon. A lot of older people close their eyes and they go to, uh, to Sleep and some begin to snore when they get that big. You tell them to go out. <laughs> now, that has literally happened where I've, you know, over the years. So, I want to bring this message to you and I'm going to give you something about the glory from the Word of God. Now, my first thought would be they, now, you know, Israel had to come out of Egypt and go 40 years wandering in uh, the wilderness because the disobedient, when they could have done it much quicker, about, they went round and round in circles. Uh, but God was with them. And what God promised, he saw uh, that uh, everything. Uh, they hadn't been three months' journey, in, and they were, it was over a million people, uh, and they had all their animals. They had all the stuff the Egyptians given them. They gave them silver, gold, and everything. Gave them wood, whatever they needed. They just loaded them up. It was a nation moving from Egypt over uh, to Palestine. Or to Jerusalem, that was the aim and object. It all belonged. That, I think, if we read the Word of God, it was right down to the river Euphrates. God gave them all the land. And so, here I want you to get the picture. So, they'd only been three months on their journey, and they started to grumble. And it started at the top, really. They grumbled. They didn't like the food they were eating. They were away from the good stuff in Egypt. Some of them wanted different things, and so they grumbled. And Moses had to seek God, and the answer was Aaron had to get the, the big million people together, and they had to look out to the mountain. Now they were going to see something which God was going to reveal as that day came they all had to look east they were coming from west if you know your geography I'd been in Egypt so I know I can look east and see the Holy Land although I'd never been in the Holy Land I was just travelling at a very early age I want to even save there. Anyhow, I know what I'm saying. Egypt is west, and you look at east. Now, they were on their journey. And they even hadn't reached the Red Sea yet. And by the way, it's not a stream as some people preach. It's a great ocean. So anyhow, and he was going to show them his glory. What was his glory? That's what I want to talk about first. Just imagine a huge nation all looking together towards the east, And they beheld his glory in a cloud. Just think of it. The glory of God when they saw. And then God spoke. And he promised to feed them. Now, it wasn't going to be just a month's journey. It took 40 years. And God promised to send food from heaven. And it would be, first thing in the morning, they had to go and pick it up six days. On the sixth day, they had to take enough for Sunday, the Sabbath day. Now, I'm saying Sunday, we English people and the other people years and years ago made the first day of the week as our Sunday instead of Saturday. The Jewish works, uh, um, Saturday off is a holy day. It's for not to work and all that. Now, it's not always kept right by any nationality, but I know this. Jesus rose on the third heaven, and we give him the praise. And I'm in the place where I give God the glory. And already I've touched heaven this morning through the singing. I've been lifted. And, you know, that's God. So here we have a crowd. And I just want to say very quickly, because I'm not going to be too long speaking because I know God's got something more for us afterwards. And God's going to bless every one of us here. And so Israel, listen, just picture what it was. Out in the wilderness, a million people, and they saw from the east the rising of the cloud. And God, glory, was in the cloud. The more you think about it, the more you read about it. You picture the scene. It enlarges our vision of God and heaven. So here we are looking at a wonderful scene, a nation going back, leaving Egypt, going back to the land that was given to them by Abraham. Years ago in Genesis. Now, years and years ago, they lived much longer than what we do today. Uh, but I want you to realize, although my age is so forth as it is, I'm going to be at uh, ninety-nine in a few days, and next year it will be the hundred. Uh, but I will be with my family in Houston. Uh, so. They'd moved from Mississippi, so I've, I'm living at the present moment until next week, Wednesday. And I will then take my trip and go into Houston from the 15th until the 27th when I fly back to Canada. I'm having a little extra time with my family. And I, I praise God because my all, my family is all back serving God, and that's the main thing. And so here we have this scene before us, and they went out, and obeyed what was told. In early in the morning, they collected this little stuff, white stuff, something like flour, <laughs> but they would be able to make bread and. Make food out of that. I don't know that this thing's moving. Is it okay? I don't want it to go right down. That's unusual, isn't it, in church? It's okay. God's here. You don't mind. It's not wrong. Some people in other churches would say it was. You don't do that in church. Um, You have that pulpit back there with the cross on. That's very English-like over there. So I thought I was going to speak from there. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you'd have to turn all the chairs around and they're all locked. Uh, so it'd be funny, wouldn't it? Anyhow, here I am right with now here. So I want to just leave with you that for over forty years God supplied food for them. There was water and they had manna and they could do. Then they sent meat for them, the birds. To feed that load, there must have been hundreds and thousands of birds, millions, because people have died in the wilderness or they took over a million people out and there was only two went into the Holy Land, Caleb and Joshua. And they're still being birthed, farmers come in, But I want you to realize, when they saw the glory of God in the cloud, they realized how great our Creator is. Nature is wonderful. Later on, I'll try and remember, I'll tell you what happened in one of my services, how nature and myself was coming together I'll try and remember, if if I forget, you can tell me, and I'll tell you again when I finish talking, those who want to hear. And here, we're going on. For 40 years, their need was met. But then God had another plan. He desired to have a place where he could live. So I think it's um, in twenty um, fourth or twenty fifth chapter of uh, Exodus, and verse eight. And He told Moses that uh, he wanted them to build a tabernacle that God might be there. Took a long time, but do you know they out of Egypt they brought enough stuff build that tabernacle and now we're just going to look at the second manifestation of the glory of God when it had to be dedicated now if God's going to live in a place as God we kept holy everything in the tabernacle had its blessing they worked they had Moses, Aaron, and also they had priests there. And this is how the foundation of our church came into being years and years and years ago. And but they had to do something which we don't do today, but I know some people do. <laughs> to come and worship before God, you had to kill. They had to kill a little lamb. And the the blood of the animal had to be presented. And when it was for the whole camp, it was a very big day. And the Jews still keep their services. And I, I, I praise God for my friends who are Jews, but they haven't converted me. I love to worship God on a Sunday. But I do sometimes preach. I preach anywhere where the doors open. And so I believe that God was gonna show now. You got remembers other generation growing up and they had to see. They stood by their tents and looked towards where the tabernacle was. This time it was a cloud and also the glory. But the glory was not in the cloud. It was separate. And they saw... And the glory went in the tabernacle. The cloud was still there. It was there when it was very, very hot weather to keep them cool. And also... We see that God provided for them uh, to see uh, the light when it was raining or when it was daylight. God was there with them. To heart, a cloud hung over. It followed them all the way uh, from Egypt over uh, to uh, the Holy Land. It's tremendous. And even today, when we look at the tabernacle, the glory abide. Now, every one of us who came in church this morning, we came to meet God. The children, I just love kids. That's my cup of tea, always was. Uh, That's English, cup of tea. I was always happy with with the children and uh, I was looking. you know, I'd love them. One day I'll be back here and I will hear them sing. It's wonderful. I've always had, right, and my husband and myself, we always had a tremendous children's work. Wherever I went before I married, if I went to a church I had no work. For children, I stayed there and I built up the children's work. That was in war days. That was World War II. So I could tell you wonderful things that happened then. You'd never believe what was going on. Anyhow, now we're here with the glory in the tabernacle. Actually, my dad built one. Uh, my husband built two for me, because I used to teach on it. And I've left it at other churches. Couldn't do it, but you know, we knew how to do it. And I would teach the kids, young people, and the older ones on the tabernacle or what it meant. It's wonderful to study. But that's where the glory was, It wasn't as you enter where the priest would go and you'd have the instruments there. I can't go into it all deeply because I don't want to be (coughs) prolonging it, but I want you to know the Holy of Holies is a wonderful place and that's where the Ark of the Covenant was. And that's where the glory abides. And when they had to move on, it all would lift. But the cloud would go with them and the presence of God. All in order. God's a God of order. You children, you learn to be... When mum says to you, get and do a thing, do it. Tidy up your room. That's learning you to become boys and girls who know knows how to keep your room tidy. And when you excel and do extra, learn to polish, dust everywhere, hoover, you get a reward generally for doing it. That's how I treated my son. (laughs) But he got to do it. (laughs) But, you know, he's the most wonderful cook. He does all the housework for his wife because he loves it. It's just like his mom. But that's followed. Now, he's not small. He's got children, grandchildren, which gives me great grandkids. And it's just wonderful. But I want you to realize, you children, God wants you to live for him. Begin the day with him and end the day with him. And you will begin to see later on, round about 14, lots of children now are receiving the Lord speaking to them. They see visions. And it's the glory of God. Here we have it in the tabernacle. Now I'm going to jump on to the next one, and that would be... Long time. Everybody died, and we have David, King David, he's alive. And King David wanted to do something. He wanted definitely uh, to build a house for God. But he wasn't allowed to, but he got all the stuff ready, and his son Solomon built a most beautiful, magnificent house for God. And when they were going to dedicate it and ask God to come in his fullness, <coughs> the whole of Israel gathered together at a very high platform so everybody could see Solomon. <coughs> this wonderful prayer they gave. But you know what? They saw fire and glory. First, the glory was hidden in a cloud. Second, it was separated. And now, long comes the fire. Think about it. Wonderful experience. They are far down and worship God. The whole of those who were there. They gathered the tribes together and they worshiped. They saw the fire. Have you ever seen the fire of God? It's still available today. And the outcome was, we have a beautiful temple dedicated unto God. And the glory of God was there. Now we're not, I'm not going to put a lot of stuff in, uh, but because I know time is going on and we got to I want to not make the children tired at all. Somebody's writing or down these kids there. great. Uh, so we, here we have the glory. In the temple now when I was growing up I was taken uh, to church I was christened in the Church of England and I went to a Church of England school and when I was old enough I was confirmed by the bishop then I could take communion old enough to understand and then I had one more step to do uh, I was baptised, but they just used to put a bit of water and sun across when you're a baby. Um, that is the baptism, when you're able to go to church. With, well, they carry you as a baby, and you had godmothers. and They're supposed to look after you, see that you're learning the word of God that. But my parents taught me everything I had to know. And it, it was wonderful. And so now here, we are going to move away from the temple. It was a holy place. There's one or two outstanding things. Your pastor can that in if he's going to preach it one day too. But, you know, when you look at the Bible, we miss some of the greatest faults fort, and some of the wonderful things we miss that and we just make it a dull book this is a live book here it comes alive and when I'm praying about ministering and getting new message ready the very piece God wants me to take notice it lights up that's because God's there in big letters and I see it Then he tells me, now at my age, I'm astounded. I said to God one morning, um, three o'clock, he generally wakes me up, I'm talking with God. He's there. And I believe I've got to be very careful not to miss out wherever I preach. God is going to bless this congregation out of ministering here, there's going to be a deeper and most wonderful God-given experience. You know as well as I do that we today, the whole world is upside down, inside out. And every nation Every island in the whole world, they're suffering, is collapsing. You only got to look at your own, look at England. They're scared. I got to say I went through World War II. Do you know God never left me at all? I'd done the most outstanding things as a young girl. I was in the early 20s. I didn't get saved till I was 19. But God has done such wonderful things in World War II. I went to Bible school. I was in London. I was right in the fix. of oh, everything was happening. They took our young men uh, who were youth pastors, they went either to the Navy, or to the Air Force, or to the Army. If they wouldn't do anything there, they had to go on the land and to work. I was asked when I was at Bible school, I was only there, when I think of it, I went for three years. I'd done my first semester. and. Uh, You learn on a Friday night to a huge crowd of people how to give your testimony. I got through that okay. After Christmas, I went to stay until Easter. And it was my turn on a Friday night that I had to give three-minute sermon to just get us used, the students. We'd be on the platform... Our tutors would be there and there would be two chairs where a student would sit next to the speaker. When it was my turn, nobody turned up. So I wonder what was going to happen. But you're on prayer time. This is the most wonderful part of my life. Somebody came in. They were praying. Took off his... Heart, trophy heart. Now I'm talking English now. And hung up his coat at the back and stately walked right down the church. It was a university they took by the River Thames. This thing is going, I'm afraid it's going to. (laughs) I think I'm pressing on it too hard. It's my fault, I don't watch this go down again. I'll try and finish before <laughs> then. I, I don't want it to collapse anyhow. Here that shows I've got strength anyhow let's go on with my, with the this gentleman came in, walked stately down quietly, and he knew where he had to sit, and he knew I was a student. He knew immediately the principal of the school would get up and say, one of our students is going to do a try and speak for three minutes. Well, I got mine ready, but the gentleman that came in knew that he was going to speak after me. So he just put his hand on my shoulder, right here. And he said to me, Sister, preach it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I knew who the gentleman was. And I got up. They introduced me. I opened my Bible. And my t- text was, the just should live by faith. Because literally, I was living by faith. And I wanted to prove to, to the congregation that we can live by faith today. I had three minutes, but I had a new anointing on me. I went on 14 and a half minutes, and I realized this gentleman had to get up and speak. So I turned round to Smith Wickersworth, and I said, I'm sorry. He said, it's all right, sister. And I said, dad Three weeks later, I'd done one full semester and I'd just done half of the next one. I was caught and they said to me, I want to pack all your luggage away and we're sending you away up into the Midlands and this is from London. We got a ticket and you're going for twenty one days uh, to look after a church. The pastor's very ill in the hospital. We got nobody else but you to send. Well what about those who're gonna be ordained the end after Easter? They've been there for years. Ness and me I thought it's a mistake. I just said Principal said, Ruby, you can do it. Take everything you got. I had my bicycle. There's enough cars in those days. And so I took my bicycle, two suitcases, and it sent one boy with my suitcase and another one with my, uh, what you call it, bicycle. You had to go to the main station, and I was with the one with the two suitcases. So that was my way uh, to the Midlands. But do you know what? I was there for 21 days. Even the first meeting I took, the elder thought I was just a first-year student. I don't... He said, I'll leave the meeting and you just preach. Finished preaching. He said, we'll have healing. He looked to me, he said, I'll do the healing. <laughs> and the next thing I saw a young lad about fifteen laid on the foam floor, having a very severe fit. He said, That's leave this with me. Next thing I had another one down there. So now I'm speaking to the congregation for the first time. I went to be introduced. And so I said, "Do you mind just leave it? I want everyone to pray. I want nobody to touch these down on the floor. I'm a student." And I prayed. The man got up, and he sat on a chair. I said, "The little boy got up. He was absolutely delivered. He's always had these turns at the church. I went for three weeks. I stayed six months. And I changed the whole district. If I went preaching, every I was up by t- four o'clock every morning preparing my, my message. I started children's work where I was. I started a Sunday school, which had gone. I got it all going. And God was with me. If I had a spare night, somebody would come and pick me up and take me to their church. So I was preparing nine lessons a week, either to teach children or young people or teaching in the church. But I never stopped. I kept on and on and on. I was young. I could do it. Do you know what? At the end of six months, I just said to them, "Um, You haven't given me a day off? I said, I've been here six months. I want to go home and have some time with my parents. I took three weeks off. I didn't go back at all there. They sent and put me right back in London. And it was there where I experienced angels grabbing me, and I had to run uh, for safety. Two angels got me safely. Uh, if I went that way to Oxford Street, they told, God said, turn around with me, and there was two angels and got me to Baker Street. I was okay. Now, we didn't have what we got today. It got, it's all entirely different. Um, we had, Nobody didn't have wireless, no TV, no phones. The only one who had a wireless was the principal. The only one who had a phone was the principal. I remember sitting in my place for breakfast and the matron looked up and said, Ruby, you're home. Which way did you come back last night? I just looked and said, I was. I heard the sirens. I was going to Oxford Street. But God told me to turn around. I said, in a jiffy, I was at Baker Street. And she said, it was a good job. It was a direct hit, 500 gone. Oh, then I realized that God was going to be with me everywhere I went. I was, they gave me a church in Dockland. You know what Dockland is, where the ships go out. And, and I was, I had 80 families and I just had wonderful experience. How God delivered! I even jumped over fire. I was young, but God told us in tongues and interpretation. <coughs> I thought I couldn't put it together. I knew what it was when I was under a table. Didn't have a garden. It was different. You had to have your table, dining room table, strengthened, and that was where you went. Now, I'm not going to say no more about that, but God looked after the lady's daughter and myself. We had a wonderful experience. We got our bikes out and went all around where It had it where we were. Not one of the houses would touched. Every child was OK. Every person that came to the church OK. I was learning to trust God. <coughs> but the days are coming. I want the older ones to realize everyone is getting on over 60, perhaps younger, but over 60 to somewhere 80 here, do you know God's going to use you? The pastor can't do it all. You're going to see the glory of God. He's going to use you. Because it's the great harvest field right now. And we haven't got time to play at churches. We're going to play, pray that God will give you that wonderful experience, seeing us all safe. What do you do first, older ones? You pray for your family. I prayed for mine, they're back in. My friend who helps me in Canada, when I was sick, she would go and I'd write her cheque, take it to her bank and, and bring me some money. My money back by a cheque, I couldn't get there. Nobody would take ruby out. They were scared of me, I think. But I've been doing that since I had leg trouble two and a half years but when I step out I go in the name of the Lord I'm here, I've got a chair I can sit on I'm not going to do that I'm going to believe God keep me on my feet you see I want you to realise every one of you don't matter what your age is pray that your family whether it's large or small, pray them into the kingdom. I pray my family back. I pray for my grandchildren. I pray for my great-grandkids. It's most important. No mother or father, (coughs) especially the mother, because we birth them, we want to see them before the Lord comes. Now, when I'm teaching and or preaching, I've, I've got a bit of both here. I want you to realise we can't play just coming into church. I've got to teach the truth, what God told me. He told me uh, to preach as so I did. There's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. And we can't play. My friend had seven. She was left with seven children. Her husband left her. Five were in. And the other, before I came, the phone went. After nine o'clock, one of her son, she had two sons not in, phone mother, and he said, I've given my heart to Jesus. Mother, will you lead me? She had the joy. we got one more to come in. They're already the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Matthew 24, verse 37. As in the days of Noah, so it shall be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. We're living exactly worldwide as in the days of Noah. They were, There was no proper marriage. They've you know, living as they are today, this world is upside down and inside out. But it's the church, and God's going to make each one of us warriors to go out, and we'll teach. First, we start with our family. I don't think there's a woman here who's given birth to a child, want to see any of your own children lost if Christ is coming. Everything points to it. It's going on rapid now. I don't know. I'm supposed to go to England next year. I don't know if I'm going to get there. But I've got to pray every plane I go in now is preserved. And if anything's aimed at England or America or Canada, if it gets to that state. I'm going to send it right back. I don't want them to touch Jerusalem. You older ones know what I'm talking about. Young ones don't understand it fully. But the days are here. This is the most wonderful place. You will have to enlarge this place, pastor, because you've got to preach the truth. You've got so many wonderful people here. They get the loved ones saved first, and then they will be seen. Those children they taught in the Sunday school, you still know where they are. You're about to write to them, phone them, talk to them. The coming of the Lord draws nigh. We cannot play at church any longer. I've been disgusted in some places. I remember in Canada, I was absolutely. I left because of it. It was used the church at morning, breakfast, breakfast time, when preaching was going on. They'd bring four or five kids in. They'd been over uh, to one uh, this or somewhere just nearby. Bought breakfast. They're sitting behind me, kids laid out with drinks, eating breakfast, in the house of God. I'm amazed. I've seen all that. I left that particular place. I couldn't go back. I just thought to the pastor about it. went in one ear and out the other. Now the church is closed. It's up for sale. So I didn't know. But I'm going to tell you something. I've got strength going through me. <laughs> That's what it is. I get on fire for God. And it's in my hands. So uh, I'm just pushing this down. Anyhow, I want to leave with this church. You've got a wonderful pastor and his wife. I was with them yesterday, talking, enjoyed. We had a fun talking. When I came in, I went (laughs) to the kids, I went and gave them a hug. They love me already, because they're part of us. If only the older ones uh, was kind with the youth over the past years, we'd have a lot more in church. But it's amazing. I don't like this thing. (laughs) It's going down again. Uh, But I've got power going through my hands, okay? It's okay, don't worry. This is real church, you (laughs) know. But I want you to realize the glory of God in our churches we need. The other day I was away for six days and uh, I was amazed what was going on. I saw God in the midst. And last January I went for my first visit at Christmas in Houston and I came on to Mississippi and I was speaking in a First Nation church. And on I got there my friend took me up. She left. I thought oh, it was Sunday I was preaching. They, no, it's tonight. So I went and I preached and I prayed. It said, Miss Ruby, prayed. First lady, I prayed. As she went down, she got up. While I was praying for somebody else and she started dancing around the church. I'm healed. I'm healed. And so I thought, well, I just wonder, you know, First Nation, are they all, you know, Okay, this is my first experience there. Anyhow, that went to Sunday. But this lady, she got in time, I was speaking in the morning, and as she came she said, I'm wonderfully healed. I said, I'm so glad. And then before I got up to speak, she got up, running in front of me, and she told the church she was healed. And Then there was somebody who met me and said to me, I've driven since 2 o'clock to meet you. So he said, I want you to anoint me. I said, I'm not anointing today. (laughs) (laughs) So he stayed, listened to, he was in the queue. he He said, I want you to get the oil anoint me. I said, I'm sorry, I'm not anointing. I don't know who you are, where you come from. All I know, you, two o'clock this morning, you was driving to the church. I said, I, I don't I know anyone. I said, I lay my hands on people to be healed. So he's disgusted with me, walked out the church. <laughs> That's okay. Then immediately afterwards, now this is wonderful. There was... There are two, you know, there's mum, dad, grandma, grandpa and a little boy, ten. So I said, who wants prayer? Little boy said, me. So I sat him on a chair, he was crying, and I sat down with him. And I said, I want to talk to you. I said, tell me, what you got to do that you're crying? I got to go to hospital tomorrow. He said, I don't want to die. I'm 10 years old. I said, you're not going to die. His eyes became big. I wiped away his tears. I always carry in my pocket an English handkerchief. I don't carry you know, those things you've got to throw away. And I, I carry them. And I had a clean one. Clean one's this side. I've got one uh, this side I've already used. So I keep order. So I put out one, and it's a pretty one from England. They send them to me. I don't buy them. i got a stack of them. Because I believe in anointing a handkerchief. So I told him I was going to anoint, and I believed Jesus. I said, you're not going to die. Because I said, Jesus just told me you're going to live. They took in the four adults. It was a good way they had to go to a big hospital. I forget what they were going to do. So they showed him the room he was going to live in, left mum and dad and grandmother and granddad. The nurse took him down to see the surgeons who were going to do the operation. Both of them came back, uh, the surgeons too, with the boy. And they said, uh, "We're not having him in today," uh, because the little boy looked up. I told them, "Jesus is here, with me." <laughs> they couldn't find. Him. I think he was having a new heart, to replace. And they said, "It's wonderful." They had to go back next week, and they went for a month. And he said, we're not going to say he's definitely here healed unless we have him and test him for three months. And when, the three months, I had a phone call from these people saying what had happened. So last January, there was two wonderful healings. The lady with the leg, she said she was healed. The doctor got so fed up... He sent for her. He said, I'm here, you're going to churches and ladies' meetings saying you're healed. He said, "Arrange arranged for you to have an x-ray this morning. He said, we'll see if you are. Those in charge came back with her. He looked at it. He said, now you're healed. The story is she was built... When she was born, she had one flat foot, no arch. And she wanted to be like other people. And that doctor put in two silver plates. They were gone. So there was two miracles taking place even last January. And I believe not just the pastor and myself, but you sitting down here, we're going to have power, and we'll see. Look, in Scripture, it says that we're to go into all the world and preach the gospel, and these signs shall follow them, even the dead to be raised. All over the world, we're having coming in where there's a breakthrough, and this is happening. It's going to happen right in Birmingham. Oh, I pronounced it right. but I, I done a lot of work in Birmingham in, in in England before I married. I should be lifting this up, Tighten it really up strong. So now i want to give to you the next thought while well, i read to you from the second book of corinthians at the third chapter read from verse 7 down to 18 and then you get a picture of israel they had a veil when Moses came being with God for 40 days, he had to cover the glory of God shone through. And uh, the outcome was that uh, they still do that now. Uh, I know that I wrote to a certain Jew on the TV, and I never said who I was. But he's going to convert me to be a Jew. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, He's always asking me uh, to send him money. Uh, But the fact is, the Gentiles, in the Old Testament, it was to the Jews. In the New Testament, it failed. And here we have God's divine order. Read that portion of scripture. There's no need for us to cover our face with a veil. It gets covered with the glory of God. Now there's one more story I'm going to say and I'm going to close uh, because I'm standing too long. Um, I can't sit down on my chair, uh, but... And you come sit here behind me. I will be okay. But just in case, if you I'm going under the power, don't let me go right down, please. I've got to finish. Okay. She can't travel with me. I'm training her. <laughs> but I want us to see God and have his glory now, I was asked to go to the cowboy church. They said, "You'd never get Mr. Ruby going there." I was asked, and I said, "I'll go." So it was arranged. And of course, it had been raining, it was all muddy, and um, I got out, and there was two cowboys there with their hats on, and they lifted me right down to where I was going to preach in a barn. And it was horses, quite a lot there, and it was big. They tied back the covers, and they had those little chairs, folding ones, and you know, I, I couldn't sit on one of those now. Uh, but um, on each side, they had a little platform for me, and also uh, they had music, singing, and then it was my turn uh, to preach. They made a uh, I had one of these things, but it didn't go up and down. <laughs> uh, anyhow, I p- started to preach, and I could look right out a distance. I could see the grass and the green trees, and the wind was blowing just a little. I didn't start to. It was from three to uh, by four o'clock. I had singing. For an hour and then the sun was dipping down about round about four and it was shining right through on the green and on the leaves from the tree it was a pretty sight but when the wind was going there was these branches was bowing Straight, I could see it I could see right at the back of the room there and this it was going like this bowing and I went on preaching. I'm used to this because I've had this victim no happen more than once, different things. And I said, Lord, what's this? Trees bowing. Then all of a sudden along came a horse. And it stopped right where the entrance was. And it turned and it bowed like right that and he stayed. And he listened. And so the outcome was I was watching, seeing what was going on. I'm gonna pray for you at a strong hands to stop it. Anyhow <laughs> <laughs> I can't know it's not moving. <laughs> Needed the pastor here. Anyhow, what happened? The horse bowed and trotted off. And I said, Lord, what's all this about? He said, Read Romans 8 22. The whole of creation groaneth and moaneth, waiting for the coming of the Lord. That proved to me nature. Doesn't it say in Isaiah the lamb will lie down with the lion? Doesn't it tell us that God told Adam name all the animals he could love the lion and not be bitten? He could pick up the snake and not be poisoned? The whole (coughs) of creation because of the sin of Eve has been affected. And now I've got to tell the people that it's time for all of us to be working full time for Jesus. First in your family. No mother wants to see one of her sons lost. If the coming of the Lord comes, it means martyr and they've started doing this already over in Middle East they're killing Christians on holiday over East going through different places and if they know they're Christian they just cut their heads off now it's a terrible thing but I want to tell you Let us get into the place where we are in the harvest field, the great harvest field. God's going to use everyone. If you've got children, begin, mom and dad begin to pray for them that they will find Jesus. And I believe you will see and behold the glory of the Lord. Now, the glory of God is being seen in many places. I've seen it. I've rested on it. I haven't been able to go anywhere for two or three days after it. But the glory of God is in this New Testament. It's written. Paul wrote it. We can behold the glory of God. I'm going to tell you one more thing, then I'm closing. When I come, I come out by faith. Not a rich lady, but God meets me every time. I never short of money. I've got a lot to come from Canada here. I promised my husband I'd never come into America unless I insured myself. The older I get, it goes up. I mean to say that's more than my fear. I don't know what they're gonna do when I get to a hundred. I hope they start at number one on the case again. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be very nice. But the fact is these are the last days and God wants to show his glory. I came from Canada. I was in Mississippi, I was leaving. I got in a train, in a plane. Now, they're very thoughtful. I could get a cheap ticket one way, but I had to come back another way, three or four planes. So I had a quick one. Now I, was, I had to go. I went, first of all, they took me to Memphis. I had to get it out. But there was somebody on that plane said, You're Miss Ruby. Yeah. And I said, Who are you? He was a Methodist. He told me all about it. I said, I'll tell you what, I'll teach you by email. I'll teach you homiletics, and you'll like it. Today, it's got its own church. But that, I prayed with him. We communicated. No, he's right away from Mississippi. He's the pastor of a Methodist church. That was my first one. I got on a plane in Memphis, waited four and a half hours. And I discovered my next stop would be L.A. I want to go to Canada. <laughs> I couldn't stop the plane. It was going. But it's OK. I had the time of my life. i have afraid I'll my chair. I'm just going to move this one because I'm not going I'll sit here and talk. Now, I'm not a preacher now. I'm just talking to you. And she's going to get my chair. My leg is given underneath. I don't want to... Put it right behind me. Got the brakes on? You don't know, got it right. There we go this is the funniest meeting we've had here (laughs) but I've got to sit my leg, this one's giving I don't want to land out okay, now what happened there was five girls talking, three was sitting there and two there and an elderly lady there the one here the end seat, I was behind. I always get an end seat. It's more convenient for me to get to the washroom than climb over to my males. You know, they're not very pleased with me to do that. Anyhow, I was there, and this little boy turned around, 14 months old. Now, I knew that baby didn't belong to these five kids, girls. And so... I wonder what was going on. The lady over in the corner, was, she was sleeping, so she knew, I thought she knows nothing about this. So, uh, anyhow, the baby fell asleep. The two girls, one in the window and the middle one, bent down and they pulled out a mattress, baby's mattress. And they later, that little boy had a pillow for it. And I thought, what is this? I've never seen that on a plane. So the other one, right in front of me, she went down to the washroom when she'd come back, because I said, I'm interested. I said, got five girls, a boy, this little isn't none of yours. It's not, you're too young. And I said, there's an elderly lady, she's sleeping. Now, will you please tell me the truth? And the one that came back, she stood upright. She had a loud voice, and she said very clearly, she said, just over 12 months ago, we all went to a tent meeting in, now I forget the name, just one, Memphis. And it was the Son of God, and we got saved. And we liked it, and we joined it. She said, we were saved, then we got baptized in water. And she said, then we got the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, everybody stopped what they are doing looked up because of her voice. So I just said to her, well, I'm an ordained minister, but I'd love to pray with you. She said, we'll do it right now. They stopped the trolley going through, and those five girls got up. I prayed with them, and they witnessed. They was going to the mission field, uh, to uh, China, to an orphanage for one year. The church was paying their fare, going to give them money every month for going. And they were going to work at that orphanage. That lady brought the baby, 14 months old. So their parents saw the baby, saw that lady, so their parents were satisfied. Now, it was the most wonderful part. I've already prayed for someone who's going to give up the ministry, fed up. Now, here I'm praying for youngsters off and... The oldest was 19. Two of them are still 17, but they will be 18 when they're over there. And I was amazed. They got off at LA, staying a night in a hotel, and then they're off to China the next day. That was interesting. So I had a soul up here, I had three. Uh, five ch- young ones going to China for a year. And I prayed. They all stopped and they listened to me pray. And each one of them thanked me very much and gave a little word saying, We're glad that we found Jesus. So it was church on the plane. Now, I said goodbye, gave them all a hug, and uh, I had to go from... I was in the plane... No, it wasn't United. It was Air... Air Canada... No, American airline. I could only go as far as, say, L.A. I had to go and get... Go to... Air Canada to get a passport to get into Canada, so i when I got to the end of my journey with Air Canada no air no American Airlines, then Air Canada was there with a wheelchair now you older ones if you 're traveling if you 're over eighty, you can have a wheelchair and you if you're late coming in. That wheelchair gotta get you to the plane. They can't leave if you're in a wheelchair. I couldn't run some of the distance I had to go. So <laughs> you use sanctified wisdom and it's there available. So what happened? I got my ticket. Now, I got my chair. So I said to the girl I said I leave my you can push my luggage and I want to walk. Because I hadn't hurt my leg then, I was just before I, my last trip. So I was walking, and I enjoyed it. And all of a sudden, I heard over the phone, "We're looking for Ruby Rowe. Please have your passport in hand. We're waiting for you." Then I thought, "Oh, the plane's just going out!" But I was glad I had my wheelchair. Three times that happened, and when I left the chair and I had to go a little way down there to the desk, when I got there, there was a girl, and she was shaking like a leaf. I said, are you OK? She said, I called you three times. I said, are you OK? I called her. She said, I saw you. And said, right in front of you, I saw Jesus in all his glory. She said, I've never seen Jesus. Three times she had a visitation calling my name. Now, God is with me when I'm traveling. But I'm telling you, wherever we go as Christians, we can have God with us and we can labor for him. So she said, I'm looking after you. I said, what? Is my plane going out? No. She said, your plane's not going out to half past 10. She said, I've got to take you through. You take off your shoes and do the things. There's nobody else. No planes coming in at the present moment. She said, I then, at quarter past nine, I'll be on the scene because a plane will come in. And if it filled up, you'll be on that plane. So she said, It's okay, I'm going to look after you. She said, Never in my life have I seen Jesus clothed in all his glory three times. And then it vanished, and then she saw me. At LA? It sounds impossible, but it's true. She had the best armchair she could find. Me to sit in. It was ten past six when I got my ticket of entrance so I could go fly. My plane wasn't going out to half past nine, uh, half past ten. And she told people who were bringing, seeing other planes in. She said, if this lady wants anything, if she wants a drink or go to the washroom or want to go buy anything, take her. I've left the wheelchair for her. Look after her. She said, I've seen Jesus. Now she's starting to testify. She said, I saw her and I saw Jesus in all her glory. It's glory. Now the plane came in. I had plenty of things brought to me, drinks, something to eat. I didn't have to do a thing. But this is God's mercy to me, and God's way of revealing himself, even in the most unusual place, L.A. And I I just had to wait. Quarter past nine, in came a big plane. And it was a big plane. There wasn't nobody on it. The lady went down to see if everything was okay. Then she came up. And then I began to realise what was going on. Because she... I said, why was the plane empty? She said it was one from Vancouver. Coming. I mean, brought all a football match. I don't know if I'm using the right word. Soccer, I think it is here. And they brought all those people in. The game was over. Sort of been out drinking. But that lady went down and told those down there. There was three in the cockpit and six in the serving. And she said, I want you to listen. So they listened. And she said about the, um, to the captain said, we're going to have a terrible storm from Seattle to um, Vancouver. She said, you won't. you got a lady on here that I've seen Jesus three times, clothed in his glory. So she told the story. She's witnessing. I had my seat. She took me down and she gave me a hug. She said, I've never had an experience like this. I said, well, I haven't. And so I said, you're going to be OK. Filled up and started on our journey. Over 400 on that plane. I had to, There was a spare seat, so they put me on that. When, you know, I had to get back. They had to find a way to. Get me uh, to Vancouver. Anyhow, um, nobody wanted drinking. The men went off to <laughs> sleep snoring and you know, all like they do. And uh, I knew it would be morning. I was supposed to get back by, uh, by uh, nine o'clock, but it didn't work that way. So I think they changed. You never know on a cheap ticket. You've got to put up with it. Anyhow, the outcome was everyone was sleeping. I went down uh, to the washroom, and I, there was six down there, and they asked me, could I preach the gospel to them? I preached the gospel. and <laughs> never heard. They had to have a saviour, make a decision. So that was my job. The captain came out. And uh, he went back, he used the washroom up there. Went, and shortly after that, everybody to the seat and battle up. So he knew there were seven of us. The rest were sleeping. We went to sleep. Uh, it, we went to our seats. And the outcome was what happened. I never heard. On a small plane, I hear the wheels drop. Never heard nothing like that. On a big plane, there's a lot more than just four going down. So the lights came on, and the captain said, we're safe. Now, they generally run away from you. I was the last to get off because I had a wheelchair. Not this one. That belonged to Air Canada. So the outcome was... Everyone stayed, the crew, and the captain looked at me and shook my hand. He said, God answered prayer. He said, the cloud burst right in half. Vancouver had snow. When it should have had, not snow, should have had the other, the wind and so forth. He said... God, answer our prayer. He said, I shall never forget it. As they was coming where we were um, somewhere past Seattle, not Seattle, um, San Francisco, we went over that because it gave out where we were. And then we was heading to Seattle, then they had a warning direct. From Seattle to Vancouver said there's a terrible storm going through. He said that was cut in half. I said that was answered to prayer. And that was my wonderful trip. Leave someone stopped from him giving up ministry. Then I had five young girls off to for a twelve months. They were catered by the church. And then going through to get my boarding pass, uh, Air Canada, as they were waiting for me to collect it, that lady saw me, saw my passport in my hand, and then she saw the glory of God. These are the days when we're going to see outstanding things. Church, get on fire for God. Care for your children, they will they will be kept going because you love the children. I do. And God's going to bless this church beyond your thinking. I'm not here by chance. I should have been here before, but that was cancelled last time. But I'm here at the right moment, at the right time, and God is going to bless you. God bless every one of you. And now, you young ones, I'll give you a hug before I leave. Okay? You've been very, very good. You've got notes. Read them, keep them, and work on these younger ones. Remind them. Okay? God bless you. I'm finished. For more information on Eagle's Wing Church, visit our website at www.eagleswingchurch.org or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash eagleswingchurch. Thanks for listening and have a blessed week.